I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to episode 105 of See You Next Wednesday, a weekly pop culture and film podcast where a single die roll decides what movies we have to see. This episode drops on March 19th, 2014. My name is Dan Gorman, and I'm so tired of people using Vanilla Sky to defend everything. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Casey Lyons. Four! I mean five! I mean fire! (laughs) My name is Greg Legro, and no, I don't think I will fuck stummies, Chris. <laughs> ah, yay! <laughs> that will be the brunt of our conversation today. I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as always, we will be talking about a bunch of stuff off the top, some movie miscellany, what we've been up to in the past week, and news and such, cool. and then we will get to film roulette. Uh, two of us saw Grand Budapest Hotel. One of us had to go see a Tyler Perry movie. We got to go see all about that later, and then we will get into our TV corner at the end with the uh, TV Dad Cave match and uh, some Airwolf, and possibly an announcement. Whoa. Major oh. news, and see you next Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> Major news. Uh, wait, wait, yeah. welcome, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. I'm feeling great. It's sunny outside. The weather's turning. Yeah. I got my see you next Wednesday beet juice uh, oh. en- uh, oh. energy drink. Goodness, yeah, that. and I'm. Dis- Disgusted it by like it. Abdobismal. It's classic. Yeah. Uh, I used to drink this all the oh, time. Is that, yeah, the I know. Container or is the beverage the same color? Oh, the beverage. No, that's just a yeah, container. It's just a container. Oh, yeah. But it is. It's, it's beet juice, so it is just that, looks like, it, like it's beets. It's not going to look good. No. <laughs> is that your? Is that your spring drink? Well, because I don't know. like all throughout the winter, you drank that weird looking ginger ale. Yeah. And now you now it's spring. You're drinking. Maybe I don't know. I saw beets? it and I was like, I remember when I used to drink that when I podcasted. Maybe mm. it made yeah. for better. Uh, I like <laughs> better day with Dan Gorman to drink a case of Tahiti treat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What happened to that? I guy? still have Tahiti treat. You've I've, changed, I man. I stockpiled Tahiti treat. I still have some. <laughs> Throw them teas up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have some uh, house cleaning off the top for the mm. podcast. Uh, general news and stuff. I just wanted to announce that our good friends at Six Foot Plus. We're nominated for a Rondo Award, which is like the Ooh. horror movie uh, yeah. awards awesome. that they do every year. And uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So you should go vote for Six Foot Plus. But you can also write in vote for Faculty of Horror as well. It's an open category. You can So do that, too. Yeah. Pick which one you want to vote for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, so two, two awesome Choose podcasts that are worthy of your voting uh, voting time. So yeah. And I also wanted to mention that at the Royal Tonight, Wednesday... Uh, you can go see, uh, they're doing a VHS screening of a movie called Truth or Dare from the <laughs> director of Killing Spree, which was at the last 
horror remix, right. which was fucking amazing, fascinating. Yeah, um, you'll more than likely see uh, uh, at least one of us there. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try to make it. Definitely. Out. So yeah, Wednesday the 19th of March. If you're listening to this today, 9 p.m. Go check that out. Uh, if you like Video Vengeance, you'll love that because it's just more VHS stuff and happen in Toronto. Oh shit! It's always good to see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so two other quick, quick things on my docket. Uh, I went to a place, uh, a cafe called Saving Gigi in Toronto uh, last week, and I saw this uh, concert, a band called The Holy Gasp. They were fucking incredible. Uh, I suggest everyone check it out. But was this show stealer was this guy, Uncle Tommy, and his uh, performance opened and closed the event, and it was oh, called right. Uncle Tommy's Campside Ghost Stories. Yeah. He had a little fake, uh, a little fake fire, and uh, the whole for the first like hour that we were there before the show started, he was sleeping in a sleeping bag in the corner, <laughs> and then when the show started, he woke up and was like, "Hands off!" and then he just proceeded to tell really funny uh really well written kind of like classic ghost stories but just it was just hilarious and fun and it was just great it was like nothing i've ever seen and uh i said i think everyone should go google it and see if he's got some shows coming up i don't know his website but uh google that it's like i I hope that he does some more in toronto because it was great Mm. he kept throwing things into his fake fire and making the the noise it would make if it was on fire <laughs> it was just it was really funny and i i think everyone should check out what he's doing and I then appreciate we, the commitment to the bit but yeah sleeping there for an hour uh, yeah, yeah. Pretty, uh, that's pretty great we were like, i mean i feel like i could handle that <laughs> yeah. we were like performance wise yeah. uh, yeah we're like who is that and then when it started we're like damn <laughs> <laughs> yeah no totally uncle tommy's uh, campsite ghost stories super Sweet. fun and then I mentioned this in our fa- or weekly Facebook thread between the two, the three of us. But I watched, uh, I watched the black hole for the first time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And uh, I imagine Greg has some stuff to say about that. I don't. Are you a fan, Casey, of the black hole? I haven't seen it in a very long time. I was when I was a kid. Had a bunch of toys and stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah good toys. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'd never <laughs> seen it. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think I've seen it like on the bar at Rancho on yeah, VHS yeah. or whatever. But yeah, right. I decided we had the DVD and never seen it, and just thought like, this looks. I need to watch this. Yeah, and uh, very enjoyable, super enjoyable. Yeah. And I missed that era when uh, Disney was making like weird. Oh my god, sci-fi live action movies like Tron, and like they're all kind of flawed, yeah. but they all have like a total magic to them. It was a really total unique, weird, you know, because they did something or even wicked outsider this way stuff comes. like Watcher in the Woods and stuff. Yeah, like Watcher that. in the when Woods. They did that that time period of Disney was like super fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. Condor Man or whatever, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is not. Not great, but it's awesome. Not bad either, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just like it was a little draggy. It has that kind of classic Disney like talky yeah. sort of atmosphere, but the effects I could watch all fucking day. All day. Yeah. All day. Yeah, the set design is fucking great. The and scene, again, that's I love the music in that oh, movie it's great. so much. Yeah. So cool. The scene where they like go to like a hellscape and then there's yeah. also a scene with those asteroids. Yeah. Just yeah. fucking awesome. Awesome so effects, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and a great cast. It's basically Event Horizon, but if Disney did it, right? <laughs> <laughs> like it's it it must have been an influence on Event Horizon for sure. For sure, got a really dark shit at the end too. <laughs> the know? end of the movie is like fucking bananas, arty. <laughs> yeah, like how right. many kids saw that in theaters and came out were like, uh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Just happened. What yeah. to, what prompted you to see that movie? Um. Well, our good friend of the show who did the Time Bandits theme song, Tim, mm-hmm. posted like an image of the little the mon- what's the the bad monster's name? I can never. What's it? Oh, it's uh, like Mon. No, I keep wanting to say Montgomery. <laughs> that's good. Sure. Something like that. <laughs> anyway, he posted like the evil spinny-handed yeah. uh, robot. Red, uh, yeah, robot yeah. Color. Red and, spinny and hands. Said yeah. that he was watching. And I was like, I have been meaning to watch that. 
Um, but I do I have a theory, which is that um, whenever I say I don't like Star Wars, and I've said it a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of people say, like, you know, you kind of missed out on the true magic of seeing it on the big screen and yeah. how amazing and important that was. And I completely agree. But there's, I feel like there's an argument to be made about Black Hole where it's like wonder and scope totally translated to me watching it on the small screen. Like yeah. the, 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 like the asteroid scene and some of the other effect scenes, I was like, I cannot, like, I love this now. I cannot even imagine what that must have been like on the big screen. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, it scared me. It was yeah. one of those movies that like I really liked when I was a kid, but it, it made me uneasy, and I wasn't entirely sure why. Yeah, you know, you don't understand all the subtext or really what's going on. Like I was just waiting to see more robots and totally. things like that. But then another thing, like eh, these emotions, <laughs> 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 they sneak up on you. But Disney was great about that. Like yeah. they, they had some dark, dark stuff in their movies. Way totally. Back when. And it's then a, they would balance it out by putting Ernest Borgnine in there, right? Yeah. Just to smile at hey, you, look, make you feel all right. He's just happy to be there. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool, and I, I, I say, if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. Like For The sure. effects are just across the board so much fun. I haven't seen it. There's a lot about what you're describing that I don't even remember. I haven't yeah. seen it in the longest time. I think yeah. I need to. Yeah, I haven't watched The Sound Under a while, too. I'm due for a viewer. Yeah, it's good. It's, yeah. yeah, the music, like you said, is incredible. So and the yeah. whole, there was the whole, like, um, when they're they're in their original ship, and they're kind of, like, getting sucked into the, uh, the new sort of evil ship, there's, like, the cinematography was so disorienting. I couldn't even, again, imagine what that must have been like oh, to see on the yeah, screen, where it's, like, sure. kind of rotate. The camera's yeah, yeah, constantly yeah. rotating. Yeah. Just Super really cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think my favorite beta band song uses the yes, theme music. Yeah. It's not too beautiful. I had I, I went back song. and revisited that song. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. When you mentioned it, <laughs> that's an awesome song. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's about that's all I got to talk about off the top. Yeah, just I, I just got a very quick thing. Uh, I rewatched Myers. I'd never seen The Fly. Yes. Oh yeah. So uh, rewatched 1986. Six. Fly. To have a crowdbar. Um, <laughs> have you been in a matter transporter today? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was gene spliced with an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm like a double idiot. Yeah. Um, I, uh, uh, wow. I haven't seen that movie since like I was in the eighth grade, uh, yeah. like watching Which is it. insane. At, I can't believe you haven't seen that as an adult. Totally. Movie. And it was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. For sure. It made me have a weird crush on Gina Davis when I was a kid. <laughs> For sure. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for where you were going with that. <laughs> it, it made, made me wear weird... gray suits every day when I was yeah. a kid. Yeah. <laughs> it made me have a weird crush on this melted baboon. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, it's weird, right? Uh, that's that's normal, though, <laughs> I think. Um, no, good lord. What a fucking amazing, tense, gross yeah. fucking yeah, movie. really gross. It is so good. Yeah. Yeah. I've forgotten why and, it was so fucking good. And it's it's cr- so funny. And I say it's crazy that like, you haven't um, rewatched it or whatever, but like it's, I feel that way because like it's so rewatchable. Oh, yeah. It's cr- well, I, I will watch so it again in a month. It, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got so many levels. Yeah. Totally. Well, there's a lot of, you know, people to interpret it whatever they want. The one I subscribe, subscribe to most is that it's a, it's a great metaphor for losing a loved one to cancer. Is like sort of the mm-hmm. underlying theme of it. Yeah, yeah. Just, well, he keeps would, referring to uh, how what the disease, like the disease as a separate entity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Also, I think it's a great metaphor for a man turning into a big fly. Yeah, yeah. this is true. Yeah, <laughs> and a lot of people don't get it. <laughs> that is the weirdest thing because it's called the fly. Yeah. You people. Just don't get it. I've been, <laughs> I've been arguing on YouTube about that all day. Yeah, uh, they, yeah. In the credit, in the uh, trailers, comments, I've been like, "You guys, the fly. <laughs> it's called the fly." Have you seen the original? Um, uh, no, I haven't. Uh, it's. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's fun. Yeah, totally. It, you know, it, it's not. It doesn't have any. No, of that. it's one. Of, it doesn't have you know, any of the hand melting, barfing, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and melting of uh, wrists. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just fucking bones poking yeah, through oh, arms. That Oddly, shit it, is looks so good. Oh my god! When oh, he just man. breaks the shit out of that guy's arm and yeah. it just comes up poking out of his skin, <laughs> that shit looks yeah. amazing. It, it, and it, that it, guy's reaction too yeah. is the best because yeah. <laughs> he screams like a little bitch. Fuck yeah! No, it's an excellent movie it one gets of the, yeah, yeah. Versus yeah. The very best totally and it gets lumped in a lot with like the the remake of the thing as you know like remakes that maybe improve upon the original or are just or made absolutely that, or, improved yeah, the original. <laughs> yeah like in every fucking way yeah. yeah yeah and i i think it stands up to that for sure yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure how's how's just oh man loved it so much mm. yeah yeah. yeah, you guys. Uh, yeah. But uh, the thing that I wanted to talk most about is, uh, Greg, you went and saw something amazing. I did go see something amazing. Okay. Last week, I was able to go oh, yeah. uh, to the Queen Elizabeth Theater here in Toronto to see uh, Kids in the Hall live table read awesome. of Brain Candy. Fuck yes. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, I bet. So I wasn't really sure what it was going to be like. I was very excited. Um, and uh, and they were going to. part of the appeal was they were going to reveal the original ending that didn't fly with test audiences so then they paid you know they, they reshot the ending pretty much out of their own pocket yeah. um and yeah there was a little bit of insight into the uh uh into the making of the movie there were a lot of interviews with the, the kids leading up to it and you know which it was pretty cool that this move this movie got this packed house with a yeah. very enthusiastic crowd mm-hmm. considering the movie was a total failure yeah um, it was the worst part of their career as far as how things were going internally. Oh, they all oh, fucking yeah. hated, they each, hated other. each other. And Dave they Foley all hated had... each other from the beginning. Yeah, and Dave Foley had quit, but yeah. under a contract yeah. had to participate in it, so he, he didn't, he didn't write really it. write anything. No, he didn't write anything at all. Right. Except for, I'm sure he improv and sure. whatever, you know, because he is what he is. Um, so, but then to have this... I think it's probably cathartic for all of them to have this like dark, dark time very celebrated. Yeah. It's yeah. become such a cult classic uh, right. for fans over the years. I liked it immediately. Oh, so did I. Uh, yeah, I, st- I thought it was a bad movie, but I thought it had enough hilarious yeah, yeah. shit in it. While, while yeah. I was watching it, I was like, I was waiting for the like the characters from the show yeah. because there was almost no advertising for this movie, and there was a reason for that mm-hmm. uh, that I'll get to. But I, you know, I was waiting for you know Chicken Lady or whatever the fuck, and yeah. it just, it, when it never came, I was kind of bummed out while I was watching it. But then when I left the theater, I was just. But me and my friends were just quoting it to each other already because it was there was so much to yeah. like about it. You know? right. Yeah, and, and I saw it, it. I saw it like um, I I was a fan of the show, but I wasn't like a huge like I wasn't like a massive sort of like rabid fan of the show. So right. when I saw it, it was like on VHS right. in high school or whatever, and I are like it wasn't really so built up like the movie. So it was just kind of like oh, more different funny stuff from them. And so yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I watched it over and over. I don't know how many times I've seen it, but they. Uh, with part of the problems with this movie being ended up being a failure was not having any recognizable characters yeah. in it, which the studio was like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like this is why we gave you a movie, yeah. and they were like, "You have to take out Cancer Boy." 
And they were like, fuck no. And they fought with the studio forever and then lost their entire advertising budget over Cancer Boy. Yeah. Oh, man. So, and as much as I hate to admit it, that is easily one of the funniest things oh in the God. entire movie. Did you see, everyone? Did the you doctor? see? Did you see? The doctor and me? Every day's a gift. <laughs> oh, it's too late for me. <laughs> Which is basically just Gavin it with is. cancer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking horrible. <laughs> Um. Yeah, it was uh, just a really fucking cool. They were. They all, you know, got up and were really active with their readings, and the characters nice. were so spot on. Just like dropped into them, you know, pretty seamlessly. Like right, like off the top, and the place went fucking nuts when uh, Mark McKinney got up to do the Croatian cab driver. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right off the beginning. You know? Yeah, and, uh, that's what I was waiting for for the little song that his mother used to sing. Yeah. Life is short. Life, Life is shit, shit, and soon it will be over. <laughs> <laughs> the whole place sang it. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, were there uh, um, because I mean you've seen the movie a million times yeah. I've seen the movie a million times were there line readings that were that were done differently no everything was pretty, everything much, was pretty much yeah like yeah. They, they like again it was pretty effortless for them to just drop into it everything was and they would have uh, there was a screen behind them that which would reference the scene you know yeah so when you meet Mrs. Herdicure you see a picture of because they're just in their yeah. Yeah. clothes and stuff it's like a harmonica that. <laughs> which they did yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all the little things there that I was waiting for were so great, you know. Who did and, they have? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, who did they have uh, filling in the auxiliary character? Or the auxiliary, yeah, auxiliary um, character. They would jump in for, like, uh, background people or whatever. Brendan Fraser, like, a lot of those yeah. things. They would just do the lines, like, yeah. whoever didn't have any busy work to do in that, in that scene. And then the actress, sorry, I don't have my notes in front of me, the actress who played, uh, the, you know, the assistant... Um, to, to to Marv basically in the uh, yeah yeah you know uh, my coffee's a little a little Luke. Luke yeah lukewarm Luke her she yeah. was there and she oh read nice for, I like her oh, awesome. yeah, yeah. she read f- almost all the female characters mm-hmm. um, but yeah it was it was really just the the crowd was so into it like just ready to laugh at everything we all know what's coming but it was just so great to see and some of the things watching them do them live were actually almost funnier than the movie yeah. like whenever bruce mccullough would do the uh, the female scientist you know chris <laughs> it was just we this- almost kissed <laughs> uh it was just amazingly funny to watch him just do that on stage yeah so. for sure it was pretty cool. And then the house band that was there was, uh, uh, I'm going to get names wrong here, Craig Northey, Craig Northey yeah. from The Odds, who did oh, music oh, for the film. Yeah. And then uh, Chris Murphy from Sloan, Sloan was the drummer for their little house band, and I can't remember who the other guys were. Um, but then uh, there was a little uh, intermission in the middle. We all take a break. It's a very expensive Coors Light. And uh, <laughs> there was a song when we came that back in. That should never be a phrase, by the way. Yeah. Expensive Coors Light. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't Oxymoron. a lot of options. Like, I uh, ordered a glass of red wine and a Coors Light for myself and the wife. It's like, $18, please. Uh, like, I of course. hate you. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, so they they, they played uh, you know songs from the film. And it was uh, when we came back in from intermission, the lead singer of the Sky Diggers came out and joined the band and he sang he's so awesome I, yeah. Sky Diggers are pretty cool Canadian they're a band. very underrated band very underrated not all their albums are great but the good stuff is really fucking good and he's a great singer yeah it's uh, a pity it's a beautiful beautiful song, song. Uh, and uh, yeah and, and the band was very active throughout the, the reading would do the musical transitions and 
add you know background characterizations to things. And then at the very end, Gordon Downey came out, whoa, and <laughs> uh, joined the band as well. And he's just like, fuck, man. Even if you're not a fan of the hip or whatever, like he is such a performer. He's dynamic yeah. as shit, yeah, totally. And like, yeah. just I don't know. He has he's he's a cool guy. He came out in the Canadian tuxedo, all denim. <laughs> and uh, I'm so just, embarrassed that that's a term. <laughs> yeah, it's the greatest. And uh, and pulled it off. <laughs> you know, like singing a song. The suit? Shiny, yeah, he took it off. <laughs> he yeah, just pulled it right off. off. Yeah. He was completely naked, just he's wearing the hat. this song, and he kept just shining his boot with a red handkerchief, and I'm like, and it worked. I'm like, how do you, Yeah, who, who do you are you? What is weird, you weird cowboy poet. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and, uh, and they showed the alternate ending, or the original ending. Which did not go over well with uh, audiences. I act. I thought it was pretty good, but I'm re- I'm so used to the how it yeah, ends. That so this this they is a place of them having fine. to bum out uh, everybody. Like like the the ending is in place of like the original ending where they have to make a new drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah. depress everybody. Right, right. So what is the ending? The ending is um, it. It has a bit of stuff that you see, but it's sort of like the uh, they move time around, but. Uh, um, Chris, uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin McDonald's character, the main character, ends up taking the drug because he's so depressed about what he's done. And then he goes into a, one of the comas where he's reliving his moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just him walking through the door like, it works or whatever. <laughs> 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 and he's and they have a parade every day for all the uh, yeah, coma they do, people. They do that. They yeah. use that in the, in the film. Yeah, yeah. But it's like it's on a grand scale now. Everyone is just a zombie on this drug except for the Croatian cab driver. Uh, and he's just like dr- driving through the parade, rolling over people who are all just like, "Hey, they don't <laughs> yeah. care." Because, yeah. and yeah, it's just like bleak, and it's all fucked. And like he's like, "I know, and now I'm the only asshole I know." Yeah. <laughs> nice. But it still ends with the uh, you, now you all have to go home because nowhere on your ticket does it say you can <laughs> you sleep can here. sleep here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty great. It was just such a I don't know. Uh, it was a really like again the audience was so into it and they clearly were feeding off of that and really they knew I think they knew over the years of people coming up and yelling things at them what were moments yeah you know? yeah yeah when uh, Mark McKinney doing his amazing Lauren Michaels impression when he's like can I have the room please <laughs> everyone left the stage for the <laughs> my empire is crumbling you know. And uh, Dave Foley was really good at just slipping away for the, uh, yeah, great, gang, we yeah. did it, you know? Where <laughs> and are he you? just, like, jumped just guy. Oh, <laughs> he, just he somehow, I, like, I was like, he just would not notice him slip away, so he was on the other side of the stage for it. It was really good. Uh, um, yeah, it was just amazing. Like, one of, one of the best things I've gone to see anywhere yeah. in a really long time. Nice. Fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. They're, they're just still super funny. Yeah, I'm super bummed I didn't get yeah, to see jealous. that, but it's yeah, awesome yeah. to hear about yeah, it. And jealous. they did everything, even the flashback of like, hey, son, did you did you clean the <laughs> did, house today? Did you, did you clean the gun? Did you clean the gun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I feel like... Oh, my foot! <laughs> my, oh, my other foot! foot. <laughs> now i got to go watch this again. It's been, yeah. it's been a, like a year, and so... 12 hours later, he <laughs> hit a vital organ and died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, awesome. I have to watch it again now. Like, yeah. yeah, so amped up. It's such a great movie, and they're all so fucking funny. super funny. Yeah, it was a really great time in the out. Yeah, nice, yeah. sweet, special thing to see. Yeah, I tell you what, mm-hmm. wicked. So, uh, what are we saying? Do we have any more? Should we? I just want to bring up something real quick that I I saw last week, but I didn't okay. get a chance to mention that I think you guys have seen. I know Casey's seen it anyway. I saw Super. 
Oh, yeah. I've seen that. Oh, yeah, you saw the that. James Gunn movie? Yeah. 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 You I was really excited for that when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's all right. I, I agree. <laughs> I think it's really, really I, pretty good. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's super solidly pretty good. Yeah. I kind of want to revisit that, too, because I when it came out, you know, like, I'm, I'm a huge James Gunn fan. I just yeah. kind of remember being like, okay. Yeah, yeah, I liked it, but yeah. but expecting you know like Slither like punch you in the face. Yeah, fucking, this movie's amazing. Yeah, like yeah. kind of thing. And it has some moments where it gets elevated, but it just it feels like I don't know. It never got. I think it feels more like a trauma movie than Slither does. Hmm. And yeah. um, like like in that there are stretches where it's a little boring and yeah. there's not a lot of character work or anything. Yeah. So it's just people doing stuff and then you go oh and then that guy got hit in the face with a wrench mm. yeah yeah like when i he think hits in the guy that... in the movie line with the wrench yeah. i was like oh shit yeah, yeah. that is some <laughs> fucked up shit yeah um, it's, it's... there's some there's some jarring visual stuff yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. And but it, I, I just feel like it didn't go deep enough into that you know i just and i feel like it's a truer uh, uh sort of uh i don't know if it's supposed to be like an homage to uh, uh or homage, homage. to um Sure, the trauma thing. I just thought it felt a hell of a lot more like one than. than I can see oh, that. I would agree entirely. But I it's, just because it has that kind of like more than slither. It has that kind of like darkly satirical kind of like it's doing that crazy juxtaposition with like the the crazy violence and then like actually having something to say, which I yeah. think like sometimes like trauma with like poultry geist where it's about like you know like don't eat animals but here's like a crazy violent horror movie that takes place in that yeah. but I feel like it yeah um, super doesn't really kind of nail it all down tight yeah whereas yeah, something yeah. like slither where it's just a fun horror movie i mean you could read into that in terms of themes and stuff but yeah. as a movie just like a fun thing to Super watch fucking yeah. top to bottom amazing good yeah. storytelling yeah and this is like okay it's a little rough i didn't feel like there was really like it ended and i'm like well, i don't really understand what i if there was a point there or not mm-hmm. yeah but you i know? think i think that's sort of what i liked about it is that it just felt like a really shabby kind of like yeah, no again yeah. it's just a fun little which can uh, be a fun the more little... interesting kind of movies like that can also you know yeah. now, now i need to rewatch defendor because these are very similar oh i movies. never yeah. saw that uh, have you ever seen james gunn's superhero movie from the i want to say late 90s called oh. uh the specials no but i've no. always wanted with to Rob i heard Lowe it was actually really and, great yeah i saw that when it came out and i remember thinking it was a pretty funny movie yeah, and i haven't seen it then. since then but yeah it's like it's it's interesting it's worth a watch um there's some yeah there's some good stuff in it yeah, yeah. it's it's of, of a quality i haven't seen defender actually it's also of a quality yeah i, I, I now i want to compare them because they're extremely similar yeah isn't the guy who did 21 grams also doing one of those movies there's really? there is and i think there's Where's michael keaton yeah, oh, and, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not exactly that. No. But man, I cannot fucking wait for that shit. Yeah. And it's more a, about a, a guy who played a, a, yeah. a superhero who then has to become that superhero. Yeah. yeah I yeah. saw some sort of a news news piece recently. Again, I can't remember the director that was attached to it, but it was another sort of like indie director doing a movie about like these kids that have become superheroes or something. And I was kind of like, I don't know, that... I feel like that that kind of idea. I mean, it's a cool idea, but it's been trotted out so many times. You know, like so how many, many movies times. do we need about like they're superheroes, but the regular shit, the regular dudes old or, people, yeah. kick ass and yeah. fucking defender. I mean, I'm Mr. sure there's yeah, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to a much lesser extent, <laughs> mystery. Lord, what a mistake that movie! I there is funny stuff in Mystery Man, there's but it's a okay pretty stuff. bad. Yeah, there movie. are three funny bad. things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's movie. pretty bad. Overall. See if you can spot them. It's a fun game. It's a drinking game. It's a drink. Every time something funny happens, no. Every time something funny happens, stop drinking yeah. <laughs> drink when, when nothing funny is happening you'll be wasted mm. yeah yeah and you, you'll pass out before you have to sit through that shit or you'll movie. maybe like it you'll just eh, black it out i think i liked that movie. Mm. <laughs> um one last thing i just want to bring up uh, toronto 
uh, stuff. Yeah. The, the, uh, the world's biggest bookstore is closing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's, They're uh, having a crazy sale, too, yeah, right? Yeah, 50% off everything. That's really sad. It is sad. I lived like Real next bummed. to it uh, when I was a kid. When I moved to Canada, when I moved to Toronto, it was one of the first things I went to or saw and that I was very like kind of awestruck by. Yeah. It was so big and I really felt like, like wow, like I, I, you know, you get that feeling from something when you move into a bigger yeah. city, you know, that you're well, there, like, this is a big city. Like, this is a crazy fucking bookstore. And I spent a lot of time in there as a child. Uh, it was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's. I'm surprised it it took this long to close. Sure. Um. I mean, it's been steadily declining ever since. It, and isn't it actually? Wasn't it at one point taken over by one of the larger chains and just kind of? Well, it was Coles. Yeah. The biggest bookstore when I moved. To and then Coles. And then Coles wasn't a thing. Yeah, anymore, yeah, yeah. So. I don't know who owns it now because they just dropped the Coles and kept the name. Yeah. The biggest bookstore. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I love that place. It's really totally really sad that it's going to leave. Yeah, it's pretty bummed. Yeah. Pretty bummed out about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Condos now, I guess. Is that what it's yeah, going to be? Probably. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Knock down. No, they're bringing back uh, House of Jeans or whatever. House of Pants. Oh, good. <laughs> I hear they're replacing it with the world's smallest bookstore. Yeah. So. Yeah. We have be, one book. It's going to be weird in that giant space, but I don't know how they're going to do it. It's the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> Enjoy. It's, but it's the, uh, the the retelling of the movie. Version. Yeah. It's the, novel, yeah. It's the yeah. junior it's the novelization. Cool, the Cole's Notes. It's of, the Cole's uh, Notes of the movie novelization. Yeah. <laughs> The world's most mediocre bookstore. Yeah. <laughs> We've got the Da Vinci Code uh, and uh, Angels and Demons. And it's a book on tape. Yeah, <laughs> and it's read by Colin Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Read by Colin Hanks and Rance Howard. <laughs> <laughs> that said, I love Rance Howard. Mm. I'm, glad, I'm glad that we are able to segue into Film Roulette, not on just like, I'm bummed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, I'm glad that we turned that into something funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's get on uh, roulette down mm. to Film Roulette. Yeah. <laughs> Film Roulette is our weekly segment where the three of us roll a die and the two high rollers get to go see something good. This week, Greg and I went and saw the new Wes Anderson film, The Grand Budapest Hotel, and the loser has to go or gets to go see something shitty, according to Casey, who went and saw Tyler Perry's Single Moms Club. Single Mothers Club? Sure. Uh, Yeah, one of those. Moms. And. But the loser gets to give the winners an album to listen to for the rest of the week as a punishment. Last week, Greg was the loser, and yes. he punished Casey and, he and I. Punished the very hell out of us <laughs> with a 311 album from. Yeah. 2014. I might have been the loser, but I really felt like a winner. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then we will roll and do it yeah. all over again next week. Yeah. Um. So. Greg and I, we're going to talk about a movie here. We are going to talk about, as I said, the new Wes Anderson film, The Grand Budapest Hotel, starring Ralph Fiennes, F. Mary, F. Murray, I can't say anyone's name, <laughs> F. F. Mary Abraham. Abraham. He's gone through some stuff. F. Mary Murberfram. Uh, Will I Am Defoe. <laughs> uh, Jeed Law. Oh, Bile, yeah. Bile Murray. Uh, he's good. <laughs> um, 
stacked cast. Edward yeah, Norton, uh, Jason Schwartzman's in this thing. Tilda Swinton's in this thing. Everybody, mm-hmm. everyone that everyone that you expect and more from a Wes Anderson film. Yeah. Um, this is uh, inspired. <laughs> I'm I, like I'm so glad Tilda Swinton's in it. She was in the last one too, wasn't she? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, because like she feels like she was created by Wes Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, why would she not be? In You're that? like, was she was she doing that art installation where she slept in that box for a Wes Anderson movie? I don't even know. Um, so yeah, so this movie was inspired by the works of Stefan Zwig, uh, and this is, I believe, one of the first movies that Wes Anderson has written himself in terms of the screenplay. screenplay yeah, is yeah. the only the only person who has a hand in the screenplay is Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, and according to IMDb. The synopsis of this film states the adventures of Gustav H., a legendary concierge at a famous European hotel between the wars, and Zero Mustafa, the lobby boy who becomes his most trusted friend, period. That's not a real sentence. I guess it is. <laughs> I felt like it was, I guess that, that's grammatically correct. I read it in a weird way, but I was like, I feel like it's going to say. Yeah, you sort of devolved into words. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's a really hard movie to 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 uh, boil down to one sentence like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I mean, it's just saying sort of, it's yeah. the adventures of these two people is right. kind of like, whoa. It's a caper. It's a comedy. Yeah. Um, Either of those things. <laughs> so I was fucking so excited to see this movie. <coughs> Absolutely. Um, and I've been thinking so much about it after I've seen it in terms of, like, how am I going to, like, broach discussing this movie? Because in my, well, in my opinion, this is easily Wes Anderson's most singular and maybe dense vision because i feel yeah. like to 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 my opinion this is like what almost like wes anderson turned to 11 oh absolutely because it's like he this is like i say singular because he wrote the screenplay right he's doing everything he's done before in different movies yeah. now in the one because yeah. i mean we there's stop motion stuff in this oh, movie yeah, yeah. there's you know there's kind of like the it's, uh tenenbaum s kind of like architectural yeah. thing holding the whole movie together right. kind of thing. And it's, I think I was wa- about three quarters of the way through the movie. I was watching a, a particular scene that it yeah. was using some like miniatures and yeah. live action. I was just like, yeah, I think he can just, this is all him. And the studio has no idea what it is that he does. Yeah. They're yeah. just like, they can't come in and say more this or yeah, something. Yeah. You know, they don't know what the fuck he's doing. So this is just, this really is one guy going, this is what I want to do, yeah. You know, yeah. Which is well, pretty cool. I yeah. think he's, just be he's, out of st- uh, utter uniqueness. Yeah. No one can interfere with him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Because he he has sort of uh, created that for himself. Yeah. That yeah. like Wes Anderson. Like Wes Anderson is an adjective now. Yeah. yeah. It's like you know this kind yeah. of Wes Andersony. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And um, I've seen this movie described as accessible, even if you're not super into Wes Anderson, which I definitely do not agree with. Yeah. I feel like if you don't like Wes Anderson, as you I said, this. this is turned up to <laughs> yeah. 11. This is yeah. everything that he does, fucking densely packed, all the way up to 11, just like over and over and over again. Yeah. I loved it, though. I did, too. Yeah. I, I think fucking it's the best it. movie since Life Aquatic. It's, yeah. Oh, boy. I, I don't know. I really like... Uh, um, uh, fuck the stuff. Yeah. No, oh, uh, Fantastic. I oh, really, Fantasmic really Frog like. Awesome. He hasn't made a bad movie. No, no not, but this is an incredible piece of work. I yeah, I love it. Ray Fiennes is so so hilarious. Oh in this my movie. god! Yeah, Jesus. M- much has been made in the things that I've been reading about his character of his perf- perfect use of profanity in this film. Oh my god! It's because unreal. there's a there's a great juxtaposition <laughs> in his performance of like flowery like oh, po- yeah. like poetry stuff Elegant. and then like fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when yeah, yeah, it's when he a, drops a, a a swear word in this film, it's so p- 
precise. It's like a yeah. Wes. It's a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking finely tuned so that that swear word is perfect. Yeah, yeah. I saw it this afternoon. Uh, you know, a Tuesday matinee, and uh, there was a, a a good amount of people in the theater, which I thought mm-hmm. was pretty cool for a weekday afternoon. Yeah. and uh, just laughing their asses off. Yeah, which it's it's a really funny it's really movie. funny, but it's also it it does some of the stuff that you saw in in um, Moonrise Kingdom where it like did kind of encroach upon some more darker scenes. Yeah, uh, there's a scene in Moonrise Kingdom with a dog. And there's a similar thing that goes on in this movie with a cat where you yeah. where there's things that happen where you're like, oh shit, yeah, holy fuck, yeah, that's not a funny Wes Anderson thing. No, that's no, just but, dark. But this movie is like this is more like he has there's a fairy tale vibe to his yeah. work, and this is very far into that where Rushmore and Life Aquatic and uh, 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 Tenenbaums have a, like a strong emotional Sad, human sadness yeah, at their core totally this does not yeah <laughs> yeah this is a, there's a crazy caper sort of not yeah caper, not really no but it's there, yeah it's it's a it's definitely a comedy and it, there are relationships that you're invested in yeah but not in uh, a relatable does that make sense yeah i know i know exactly what you mean because i think if there is something that people are going to level criticism at this movie it's going to be like you know it's you, you it's such a detached viewing experience in the sense of like emotional connection and stuff in terms of the characters, like yeah, you watch Royal Tenenbaums. There's a really relatable thing, you know, about yeah. like depression and yeah. like and and the relationships. And same even with Moonrise Kingdom with the with the children. Yeah. It's a very sort of like coming of age, and you can totally you can grab onto that. Yeah. But with this movie, there's doesn't really have that. It does kind of sneak up on you though. There was a moment well, yeah, or two some, at the end where I was like, oh, they, they throw real life at yeah. you, you know, in a, in a very. But but not like hard. Just no, like they slide it in there and it kind of just you know snatches yeah. the rug out. From yeah, the there was bit. one or two moments oh, where I was like, oh shit, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> emotional. Yeah, um, definitely. Willem Dafoe is outstanding. Oh in my this god! Movie. <laughs> so another one of those performances where he does so much with just like the face, yeah, cracking oh his god. knuckles or yeah, yeah. just menace- grimacing. He's so outstanding. I'm just um, a big fan of that guy. And and also we haven't even mentioned. Uh, so this movie takes place on three timelines in terms right. of uh, it, the movies right. being presented as a story being told and uh we also see sort of like more flashbacks within that story mm-hmm. and um each one of these layers of the film is represented by a different aspect ratio so in the most recent where you have full widescreen yeah in sort of like the oldest you see the kind of academy square frame ratio and then the middle there's sort of a middle ground yeah uh which i thought was brilliant yeah and and the the full frame stuff is gorgeous. The yeah. way it's just so symmetrical, classic. Oh Anderson. yeah, yeah. Like he had. I was, there's a couple of shots where I was just like, oh, that was. Yeah. Somebody walking down a hallway or t- from one end of a room to another to open a door. And I'm yeah. Like, that was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And actually, um, well, I well, my point about the uh, square frame is there's a lot of. Um, I was listening to a podcast where they were speaking about the movie and they mentioned about how many gags came from that square frame and I realized it's so true. Like there's a scene with a big door. That they, there's a lot of like pan overs mm. for like things that wouldn't oh, fit yeah, in, yeah. in the yeah. screen, and there's a thing with a ladder with people running by forever. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like these are things that like wouldn't work if it was a full frame. You'd see it; it would be right. Then right. it wouldn't be funny. Yeah, that door gag was great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but also leads me to want to talk about the lighting in this movie, which is like I feel like there's an element of this movie where Wes Anderson's taking like kind of a step forward, and I thought with the lighting, in terms of like theatrical style lighting, like there's mm-hmm. a lot of sort of 
off-camera lighting going on and like di- dimming and bringing up of lights in the scene that I you don't really see in yeah. some of his other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Or at least maybe Moonrise Kingdom had a bit of it. It's a very active movie. There's yeah. a lot going on. And there's always a lot going on in a Wes Anderson but movie. But even this one in particular, there's, yeah. it's very busy. But not in a distracting way. No. And I think like a lot of people who – like a lot of the recurring uh, cast members that he uses a lot uh, are really just so – comfortable with delivery and uh you know blocking even for how to be in his films like jason schwartzman is only in a couple of scenes but he's just fucking fantastic you know he says like three or four things and i laugh at all of them (laughs) (laughs) yeah because he has a tone that he really gets how to he also and he and the physicality of him too there's the one point where he like runs for something and he like kind of ducks under a thing and i was just like that was hilarious and you didn't even do anything you just yeah yeah yeah. but he just gets it he gets the world yeah much like bill murray understands the world absolutely you know yeah uh, wes anderson Totally. I think Bill Murray is part yeah. of the world. Yeah, you know? like yeah. He, he, like him as a person and as a performer, really define yeah. uh, like the certain parameters. Totally. Of, yeah. of Wes Anderson. I like leaving this movie and in, in the two or three days it's been since I've seen it, I've thought nothing more of uh, about it than well, I've thought a lot about how much I want to see it again. Yeah, just because it's so much like it really and i say that this is like a dense movie for for his filmmaking like it really is there's so many characters different timelines different aspect ratios all sorts of different lighting and 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 set design stuff it's just a wonderfully crafted piece of work so i'm just sitting here giggling because i'm thinking about ray fines doing things (laughs) yeah man i can't say enough about him in this movie so funny um, Holy crap! <laughs> what about uh, the um, the bellboy and what's her name, um, uh, Ronan, Sirsa uh, uh, Ronan? Yeah. Uh, How did you? What do you think of that stuff? Uh, I thought it was all great. And yeah. I like that kid too. The, the he w- yeah the lobby boy. Yeah, uh, he was excellent. That's you. I don't know who he was. I've never seen him before. Me either. Um, but it was kind of the thing where like he he kind of fell in knowing what to mm-hmm. do. You know, like a lot of the kids in Rushmore. Yeah. Just tonally perfect yeah you know and i think that maybe came with the auditioning or something like that you know not having to go find some kid that people are aware of well it's wes anderson he can do what he wants so yeah yeah i think he found the absolutely the right vessel for totally a story yeah and i really liked all of this stuff with the bakery and and her character like i I wanted to eat those fucking pastries yeah you know like cersei ronan is fucking awesome she's great everything i've seen her and i'm like yep you are very very good yeah (laughs) extremely talented more of her and yeah she's great in this and uh every when you have this many people in a movie, usually there's somebody who feels out of place or something yeah. like that, or you know. But everyone seemed to kind of get it. Even yeah. Harvey Ke- Harvey Keitel was the one guy. I'm like, I feel like might not understand what he's in. A little, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, I loved him. Yeah, I loved him. Yeah, he had a look. When there, there's a little he's thing. He's kind of got, got an accent going. It's like it does kind of feel dropped in a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, yeah, yeah. Somewhere. I don't think this From is spoiling else. anything at all. But they're, they're they're looking at a drawing at one point. With Harvey Keitel and uh, uh, Ray Fiennes is like, who drew this? Yeah, you know, did you draw this? Is very he has this little look uh, away, like it's a little eye thing that he does, but he's so pleased. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just it's great, you know. It's a little subtle things like that, and I thought Keitel is fucking fantastic. Yeah. Everybody across the board, everyone, re- yeah. uh, Adrian Brody, I thought was fucking great in this movie. Yeah, yeah, and and so much, yeah, like so much to talk about. I mean. Yeah. We could talk forever about forever. it. We could talk like, about the fucking this movie. The, the a... stop motion chase scene, oh, yo, which is so um, great. Oh, so good. <laughs> um, and yeah, and again, I, I listened to the, the film spotting podcast about this, and they mentioned sort of like how Wes Anderson has this ability to throw things like that in, like a stop motion fucking uh, mm-hmm. chase scene, and then have these shots of them 
like real action in yeah. this stop motiony kind of thing, and you you not be like what? Yeah, yeah you know what yeah. I mean. Like it fits uh, so perfect, especially like in the beginning of the movie. There's <clears> all <throat> these shots of the Grand Budapest Hotel and these little carts yeah. going up the hills and yeah, stuff, and yeah, all the yeah, miniatures. Yeah. And I was just like, this is wonderful already. Like yeah. <laughs> like that he can just go from a. In, in 2014, he can go from this impeccably designed miniature with like a matte painting, I assume, in the background and all this little fake snow and stuff, and then mm-hmm. cut to the inside, and I'm not like, hey, wait. Yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just accept the world fully. Yeah. It's so good. I can't. I, I love, love, loved this movie. It was great. I cannot wait to watch it again. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch it again, too. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. probably see it in theaters again, I imagine. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I, I said to my brother who was saying, like, oh, maybe I won't go see it in theaters or whatever. I was like, you should see it in theaters. Absolutely. Because even for that aspect ratio stuff, Absolutely. like that plays yeah, so yeah. well on the big screen. <clears throat> yeah, the color, the set design, everything. It, yeah. It, it's a big screen movie for I, sure. I was just bemused straight through. I was yeah, just yeah. like, this is delightful. I, I couldn't have been happier. Yeah. Couldn't have been happier. Definitely. What a great film. Yeah, and, and and again, if you don't like Wes Anderson, this is not going to be for you. No. <laughs> <laughs> like gonna it's not going to change yeah, your yeah. mind. No. Yeah, but um, if you're into that shit, yeah, go. Yeah, totally. See it in the theater. I was really happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of being really, really happy and not bored <laughs> at all, uh, Casey's going to talk about a movie he saw, and that will lead us into something else uh, that uh, was boring. So. Yeah. What did, you, uh, what did you think of uh, Tyler Perry's The Single Moms Club? In keeping with the movie, I'm going to try to be as boring and heavy-handed as I can be. <laughs> um, Uh-oh. I, I said when I lost last week, I was like, ah, oh, you know what? I kind of like going and seeing these Tyler Perry movies. Yeah. Um, I mean, Gre- they've treated Greg well in terms of yeah, exactly. uh, Day is Christmas. I've been brainwashed into liking Medea now. <laughs> but, I've never, but I've never seen any of that side yeah. of him. I've only ever seen the, the kind of mellow drama that he does. Did you see um, Confessions of a Mary? Marriage counselor? Who Confessions saw that? Confessions of a dangerous Temptations marriage. Temptations of a counselor. dangerous marriage. Yeah. Okay. I, I saw that. That was and one I of the more crazier ones. Uh, right? Mr. Deeds goes to yeah. Boring Town or whatever. <laughs> um, goes to Casey's Natville. <laughs> uh, and now I fully changed my position. I hate Tyler Perry. <laughs> I hate him as a person. I hate him as a writer. I hate him as an actor. Mm. I don't know him as a person like I just sure. said it, but I'm pretty sure I hate him as a person. Um all of the movies and and I realize this every time I see them like about halfway through I'm like I this is a hostage situation. I'm trapped here <laughs> watching this fucking thing. How long is this movie? Uh forever. Uh, it's 111 minutes. minutes. You're still watching it now. I I'll never full, It's like those people who come back from Nam and are like, you know, I'll never fully have come back from Nam because I left a little piece of myself in that theater. Just just oh just like openly going <laughs> it's uh what's it, it about well uh it's about this group of women all of whom are single moms and all of whom are in a club st- motherfucking stereotypes <laughs> like this movie is like i don't want to be the guy who like goes and sees like a, a tyler perry movie and goes i think this is racist but i think it's <laughs> racist you guys um uh it, it's about these uh these moms who uh who uh, they're all single moms, and they all uh, have to to go and visit the principal of the their kid's school because the kids were caught tagging or smoking or something, <laughs> um, or tagging. And so some of them were tagging, some of them were smoking. It's a mixed bag. Um, and you find out very quickly that uh, the the black woman is uh, bad at her job and completely unreasonable. Um, but she's sassy, so don't worry. Okay. <laughs> uh, the the white woman is 
a total cunt. Um, and she's frigid and also a racist. Uh-huh. And then there's the other white woman who uh, is just a dumb rich woman who can't control her kids because she's just a dumb rich woman. Um <laughs> And oh, and then there's a couple of other characters too. But who gives a fuck about them? Uh, and, and they all sounds like these ladies need a man to set them straight. Yeah. Well, no. First of all, what they need is a, a bottle of wine oh. and to have a three minute conversation and find out. You know what? They might not be so different after all. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, so that's what happens. And yeah. then they all form this bond. And then they decide to form a club where uh, where they all the first wives club. Uh, yeah, the, they formed the first wives club. <laughs> Goldie Hawn comes in. Um, Is this a sequel to the Banger Sisters? I think it might be. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, and so they they form this club that's not really talked about that much, uh, but where one of them babysits all the other girls. Uh, uh, kids, and then the rest of them go out and party it up. And so the one go- just has to like stay at home with all the kids. <laughs> yeah, do they rotate? They rotate. Okay, okay. So, it's what, a good plan. Okay, because what I'm most concerned about, time. I'm most concerned about how the logistics of this club works out. <laughs> so far, most interesting I was part. Thinking yeah. of starting my own single mom yeah. club. Um, I don't know about it. <laughs> yeah, just, I'll teach you how to do it. Yeah. It's not bad. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, so. They do that, and then the white women, they go, hey, we want to go to karaoke, because white people are lame. And then the black <laughs> women are like, no, we're going to a strip club, girlfriend. It's, oh, oh no. it is so grating, and, and, and it's just, it's, the characters are so two-dimensional. And at one point, uh, Tyler Perry is in there himself, and he- I was going to uh, ask, who is he in this? He plays this guy- um, who meets Nia Long. Nia Long is actually- kind of likable in this movie Uh her character like all of their characters you know how in a movie a good movie it's supposed to be kind of like show don't tell Mm -hmm. um so so you show what their lives are like tyler perry does not believe in this (laughs) his characters come on screen and they go i'm a gruff white woman who's trying to make it in a man's world so i'm a bit of a cunt sometimes but (laughs) i'm unhappy and men don't fuck me uh and then and and then you know there's this black woman who's like i gotta go to my kid's school i care about my kids but i don't give a fuck about my job so I'm just going to leave in the middle of my shift without fucking telling anybody. And my boss is going to be like, hey, you can't leave in the middle of a shift. And she's like, I'm sassy. You can't tell me what to do. And then she just fucking leaves. Ah, it's so... It's defensive. Does does this movie sort of um, adhere to the kind of, like, Tyler Perry uses, like, traditional, you know, like, like God-fearing values to, like, instill in these characters, like, their final sort of, like, redemption or whatever? Uh, no, this is him trying to write women. Okay. Because um, so in, like, he's Temptation not... or whatever, it was kind of like, you know, if you fuck around, you know, you'll get punished with, like, diseases or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it was all kind of, like, morality Yeah, tale. oh yeah, no, this, this isn't really a morality tale. This is uh, this is uh, just girlfriends being cray. Oh, uh, <laughs> crazy for the listener. But also, oh. yeah, sorry for the non-urban listener. Crazy. <laughs> um, but 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 again, it really is like I, I think the message here is white women aren't good parents. Mm-hmm. Black women are good parents, but we all make mistakes, guys. Um, <laughs> like like there's such a like I don't mean to kind of harp on the race thing, but I think I was really offended by it. Mm-hmm. Um. 
uh, and then some shit happens, like uh, like this girl wants to fuck her next door neighbor. Oh man, there's the most awkward. Like this this movie sort of feels like it was written by a really precocious twelve year old. And I think <laughs> I've said that about his movies before, but it's like like somebody who doesn't really understand how human beings yeah. interact. We've at least said that about Tango and Cash once. <laughs> I know that. That's yeah, but to great effect yeah. in Tango and Cash. Yeah, juxtapose these films. All right, um, and and. Be- because like he doesn't really understand how human beings talk to each other or relate to each yeah. other. He-, he just understands what movies he's seen. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and, or and sort then, of like that sitcom-y broad strokes of how people relate yeah. to each other. But but he's trying. To, he's just trying to write broad melodrama. And in that yeah. respect, there was a lot of people in the theater, shockingly, and they really laughed. Like mm-hmm. They really thought this thing was heartwarming oh, These things fun. do yeah. well. Oh, I think yeah, this movie really was well. like fourth or fifth or something. At the, yeah, like, yeah. It was pretty high at the box office. Yeah. And, it, and it looks and we'll like continue. it was made for about three and a half dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, that's why these, like, I mean, every year we get like three of them. Uh, yeah, like, like yeah. because they're super cheap to make. People that's go why see them. They make tons of money. He has billions of dollars. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this movie I just saw on Wikipedia has been um, uh, locked in for an adaptation to TV on the Oprah Network. Oh, there's no mm. question about that. Yeah. Um, but there, there's so the a scene sitcom, that kind of like sort of melodramatic sitcomy thing. Like that's going to translate straight to TV and make a billion more dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the there's a scene where Amy Smart's character, and Amy Smart is the dumb, rich woman who doesn't know how to raise a kid. Okay. Um, she's got three of them. She doesn't know how to raise a kid. Um, so she's trying to flirt with her next-door neighbor, and her next-door neighbor is like this uh, this landscaper guy or something, and, and there it, it is all the most awkward sexual innuendo. Like It's all this like, hey, I've got some wood. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I can oh, build I, that thing. That's in the trailer. I saw that. Yeah, that's really weird. It is, But it goes on for 150 <laughs> hours. Oh, you've got wood? Well, I need it in my tight space or something and he's like oh I can put my wood in there but they're like kind of fumbling around like they don't really know what they're saying but it is this really awkward like (laughs) obvious innuendo oh well if you've got wood maybe you can erect something yeah I can erect my wood and I can put it up in your vagina (laughs) whoops we went just straight to it whoops I I went single entendre Um, and then at one point one of the women Nia Long's uh, kid just goes missing and then everyone freaks out about that for a while and then that resolves but the most offensive thing in the whole movie is that Tyler Perry uh, presents himself as an attractive person 
<laughs> and I don't understand how that works because like he's this uh, this guy who uh, builds sets for theater for community theater or something, and he's really um, uh, good at it or successful at it. Mm. And he uh, he so they all meet up at the at a theater like the the girls and their prospective boyfriends slash husbands or whatever. Yeah. Um, and and. Uh, and at one point, Tyler Perry comes up and he's like, I'm going to go get you guys some popcorn. And then he leaves and all the girls are like, ooh, he's so attractive. And I'm like, no, he's not. He's Tyler Perry. He's got the weirdest, biggest face in the whole wide world. <laughs> That's what you can do when you're the writer, director, producer, though. But do, do people think that? That he's like, is know. he an, an attractive man? I don't think so. I, <laughs> I, 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 d- I didn't think people saw him like yeah. that. But he was like, fuck it. You know what? In, in this movie, I'm going to call myself pretty. Hal <laughs> Lundgren did it in that movie where he was the drummer. Yeah. And everyone's like, who's that drummer? Oh, yeah, my yeah, exactly. You're and like, and I believe that old up like, man. Who's that 55 year old drummer? Blues rock who's man. Who's that 55 year old drummer whose face looks like a road map? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh,. But yeah, so th- this movie is a fucking. This movie is as much of a shambles as my review just was. <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. But yeah, it's it's. I- I'm no longer on board. I'm yeah. done with. Um, well, it sounds like this one wasn't. You know, like usually we get some pretty crazy, you know, wild things, and this just sounds really boring. It was really yeah. boring. Like, yeah. and and I was angry, and I was angry at the people behind me for laughing and, yeah. and enjoying it. Um. Eight out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Well, you know what? Speaking of numbers, yeah. uh, Casey and I had to listen to an album given to us by the hand of Greg. Yeah. Um, if you listened last week, you will remember that Greg had a pretty bad week. We he, he lost and he had to go see 300, so he retaliated with an, uh, an album. He, he retaliated with 11 more. Yeah. <laughs> He made us listen to the 311's new band. New yeah. album. The brand new album from 311, Stereolithic. AKA Stereolithic, stylized with numbers for letters. Yeah. Uh, this is their first album since 1999 to be produced by their uh, good friend Scott Ralston, who produced Stereo System and made that sound like shit. And he just continues to yeah. make all of their albums that he touches like, sound like fucking garbage i said this to dan gorman like i'm pretty sure he like he produced their albums in the 90s and then and then they locked him in a room yeah. only listening to their music yeah. for the next 20 years and, yeah. and now this is what he came up with i have not heard junkier guitars yeah. on an album um since the last 311 album. <laughs> okay, so before we talk to the al- about the album, I just want to say that on uh, Wikipedia, it states that they were, you know, building up suspense for the release via Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, and while they were writing these songs, Peanut, because that's one of their names, and I, that, I hate that, uh, spoke to an album saying that the new album had, sp- spoke to a magazine saying that the new album had darker themes, even lyrically. And, oh then, to, and then to further... <laughs> To further explain, said, I think even more people will relate to this album. The positive thing is tough for a lot of people to swallow, for whatever reason. Uh, uh what? <laughs> Eight out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> yes, seriously. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. What is the, he talking I, about? I, this is a whole paragraph of him talking. I want to read it all, but I won't. So go l- read that on Wikipedia, because it's fantastic. <laughs> that is the m- most... 
like weirdly <laughs> contradicting. Well, the thing is, a lot of the themes are darker, and a lot of the themes we're doing with words now, yeah. and also it's very bright, <laughs> and uh, and it's very positive. And people hate that. Uh, people don't like that. Well, dark themes, they, positive. Yeah, people. You know what? Hate. Well, they they do go I on. I've been peanut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me be peanut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. So, t- to clarify, I mean, they do go on to say... Take it from me, peanut. Yeah. <laughs> listen, they do... They clear the air by going on to say that there's a lot of riffs and really good high-energy stuff. <laughs> oh, they got a lot of riffs, eh? Is, oh, is Bollywood Chewbacca in this band? Bollywood Chewbacca is in this band, yeah, right? Yeah, he's... he's, he's the one who takes control of the themes. Yeah. <laughs> he gets the themes out there. Sometimes oh, with yeah. words, sometimes with riffs. Uh, okay, I, I have to continue reading the things that he said about this album. Okay. Please. I think there's a good diversity of tempos and feels and arrangements, lots of distortion guitar, and big rocking parts, but then there's some trippy chill-out moments and even some hard rock, like dual leads that some may say could sound like a lot of old classic rock. Oh my god, he is right about some of that. <laughs> I'm not going to say he's not, except for the oh, classic this rock is a, thing. This is all gold. There are a lot of harmonies and more rapping than there was on the previous record, because that's what Thank the riffs god. called for. <laughs> that's what the riffs called that's for? That's what the riffs... We couldn't more let, rapping! <laughs> these uh. riffs could not go unwrapped upon. <laughs> We felt the need to bring the wrapped riffs to the people. Um, this album was... These riffs will not go unwrapped upon. <laughs> they shall be wrapped upon. I will be the one wrapping upon My them. name's Peanut. <laughs> I am Peanut. I spell it with a P. Yeah. <laughs> As and everyone I'm else nuts. does. <laughs> I'm just trying to like. I I'm just dropped the EA from it. Uh, Peanut. So it is right. EA. It's just P dash nut. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. I was like trying to think of the most stupid way like, that you, way could, spell that you that. could spell the word peanut. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'm surprised it, there's not a Z in there somewhere. Yeah, P's nuts. <laughs> P's nuts. Well, you know, you got to have a cool name if you're going to be a rapper. Yeah. Oh, is yeah. he the rapper? I don't think so. I'm not no? sure. Is he not the rapper guy? Th- I don't know. I don't know. They all have dumb names. But they yeah. all. It's like, they, from the one song I listened to, they turned it inside out where the rapper guy was singing the hook mm-hmm. and the, the white guy was doing the rapping uh <laughs> i don't Finally. know who's who and i didn't know how to tell the difference like mm-hmm. well you know the guy who sings really atonally yeah he's the guy who sings like the, the main yeah, yeah. singer is like he i was saying the case before we started recording like this guy sings a single note over yeah. the course of the entire album. Yeah. He does not go high. He doesn't go low. No. He stays at this one thing, and it's well, the he... most disinterested I've ever heard anyone in singing <laughs> that fronted a band that has, like, fucking 100 albums. <laughs> he's the, he's that guy who, like, thinks a melody is when you go like this, and then the other part's like this, and then I sing like this, and then I sing like this. Yeah. Like, there's, there's not an actual... Um, no, you're just melody. Like cl- He's just moving his down. voice yeah. up and down. Yeah, yeah. Is it was Bob Dylan like? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, well, there were themes. So. Yeah. So this album is 16 tracks. It is an hour yeah. fucking long. Yeah. I hated every song. They yes, all sound the it's same. All the, the production same. is garbage. Yeah. 
the yeah, like these guitars are it sounds awful. Like this whole album is like layered in kind of like a grime that just makes everything sound like dusty and distant <laughs> and disgusting. But then there will be like there's these really junky guitars, like Jun- really yeah, yeah, junky like uh, like shitty uh, what do you call that? There um, distortion. Yeah, and then that distortion will drop out, and then there will be like these this kind of two note thing with this really chorusy sounding. Yeah. Uh, like, like it sounds so dated, and yeah. I'm like, if you're 311, you must know already that you suck. Yeah, like this. This sounds exactly <laughs> like a shitty. Like the production on this this fucking album sounds like a shitty high school band that got like a couple dollars. That's exactly what like it they, sounds they, like. They they got just enough money to buy like some okay equipment, but they don't know how to record it, so yeah. it all sounds kind of like gross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like like, and it's like, oh well, we'll we'll put some chorus here and some. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, you must know that that you. You need to be cashing in right now. Like, yeah. You need to be making the album that people are going to think they want to hear. Yeah. So, like, why aren't you using like that sort of like half-assed electronicy sound? Kind yeah. Of thing? Like, why aren't you using any sort of dynamics at all aside from just junky guitars or like shitty ska like oh, chorus? Because, oh, like, you would think that from the description of like a shitty distortion guitar and like a, a clean tone ska with some chorus that there would be some sort of dynamic shift in that when you switch from your gross aggro riff to your shitty white dread reggae bro shit <laughs> that there would be some sort of like jump in like you know it would, like one has a higher IQ one has a lower EQ it's all mid it, it, it's yeah, all mid yeah like it's all compressed to shit which I guess well that's all music these totally, days totally like, but this this sounds like like it, it was intentional, bah, and, and bah. I kind of this is like bah. <laughs> oh, well, like I do not know one song from another. I fucking it was an hour. I could have all been the same song. I could have accidentally been listening to the same song over and over again. Mm. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> it was literally the worst. I really couldn't be happier with how this turned out. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you guys. I was just checking a text on my phone. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what happened. I was like, is he thinking about 311? Yeah. I am. I'm thinking about that one song, Friday Afternoon or something. Uh. Like, Because you, you mentioned that, that it sounds like a, a high school band that's, that like won a battle of the bands or yeah. something. And, and yeah, because like, the lyrics are like, it's Friday Afternoon and my worries are all floating. Like, it's basically like, oh, yeah, dude, you're like what? Like 58 years old? Yeah. Please stop writing songs about weed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Come on. Yeah, that singer guy, you know what he sounds like to me? He sounds like a guy who can't sing, but is trying to sing like a, a Sean Paul song at karaoke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's what's going on. Totally. I yeah. feel like that's what he should be doing. Yeah, he's like had four pictures of Miller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to sing like glue to you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, and and, uh, and just to touch upon it, the rapping is, for a band that has been doing this for, what did I say, how many albums have they been, a lot of albums. Since the ni- mid-90s. Their 11th album. Oh my God. You would think that over wow. the course of 11 full-length albums that you would understand something about <laughs> rhyming words together. A no. Fuck, you would know one thing. You would have, like, one <laughs> trick uh, that wasn't just, like, rhyming 30 with dirty, which he does, like, a bunch of times. What the- and then song. with thirty again. And then with thirty I, again. I think what they've learned is that they can get away with this shit. Yeah, yeah right. They've got cruises that, like, they they there's something called yeah. the three eleven cruise. Yeah, the Doug Benson. That goes Doug on, Benson. Yeah. I like. I I love Doug Benson, but what yeah. is he doing? Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, he goes on the three eleven cruise, does some yeah. stand up <laughs> like a motherfucker, gets yeah. paid like a motherfucker, and is high the whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would go on the three eleven. He doesn't cruise. need to go on a three eleven <laughs> cruise to get high. All That's time. true. He's Doug Benson. But for that money, man, yeah. 
I mean, he's the I, only person I think. Like, he's the only comedian or, or anyone who gets high all the time. Where I'm like, that actually adds to what you do. Yeah. Like, you're not like a. He's not like a shitty pot comic. Sorry, can we talk about Doug Benson for a while? <laughs> yeah, just to fucking no. cleanse the palate. No, I just yeah, that fucking rapper. I like if you've been doing this for eleven albums, you should un, you should know how to rap. He cannot rap. He's like, no, no. no. He, I'm a better rapper have, than him. I don't yeah. like. I'm not a good rapper. <laughs> I disagree. I think you're a great rapper. <laughs> but he he's he doesn't have a specific cadence. Yeah, he's just yeah. a guy who I was outside one day and I walk around this way. I feel like oh that was good right that time. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. It was like on their first album. He like goofily decided he was going to rap over one of the riffs, and they're like, "Duh, that that's great." And then he did it on every song for every album from then on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they don't have the heart to tell him he's not actually in the band. No. <laughs> Yeah, he keeps showing up at their recording sessions. Yeah, you know, he used to date my in. sister, and I just can't get rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I don't even like my sister. <laughs> this is so awkward. Oh, they, this uh, fucking you got everyone. Please go to Wikipedia.org and 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 find the stereolithic uh, entry. This stuff is fucking brilliant. Fans uh, received some descriptions of their innovative new sound they were working on. There's nothing innovative here at all. Rap it, rock. It, it right. sounds exactly <laughs> like Welcome to the Future. Yeah, this is the this is the most uh, innovative new metal I've yeah. heard in a very long time. Yeah, I hated it, and uh, I'm really mad because before we started recording, Casey said uh, as a reminder to me that to to remember that he saw a bad movie and he had to listen to a, a terrible album. Yeah, and yeah. so that brings us. This is gonna be awful. To, I had a rough week. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe you guys are gonna like this. Okay. I don't know. You you gave me a warning, so <laughs> yeah. Well, you were I, like, "This is going to be so bad." Remember what I did. Yeah. yeah, but sometimes Dan Gorman, you surprise me uh-huh. with all that you know about music, with uh, l- liking something that I'm just like, I had no idea you liked that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, I'm going um, straight I'm out of. Uh, I'm ripping uh, straight from today's headlines. Okay. Oh. Um, there was an album that came out March 14th. Eleven songs. It is the new Skrillex album. Oh uh, no. It's called Recess, Ugh. and it's got songs on it like All's Fair in Love and Bro Step. I don't know that that was a word. <laughs> no. And, no, Skrillex. No. And if you don't... Bad Skrillex. If you don't like that song, maybe you'll like uh, track eight, which is called... And I hate myself for reading this. Doompy Poomp. <laughs> So Sorry, spell that for me. I sure can. <laughs> uh, that is spelled D O O M P Y. Next word, P O O M P. Poop. Doompy poop. <laughs> Which I think is something that, like, I used to say to my nephew when he would shit in his time. Yeah. Did somebody do a doompy poop? <laughs> Skrillex did a doompy poop, and he released it for us to yep. listen to. Uh, he released it. Goodness. Eleven tracks of solid. I don't even know. I'm not even hundred percent sure. What fuck he you. does? Yeah. All I know is I went to a night uh, uh, with uh, like a couple of years ago with a, with an ex girlfriend. Oh yeah, I remember. Uh, uh, a mm-hmm. night of dubstep, and yeah. I hadn't, didn't know what dubstep yeah. was. But man, not only do I hate dubstep, I hate everybody who has ever heard dubstep. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, yeah. This is dubstep as big is, a punishment as I could possibly. It's one get. of those yeah. fucking genres where like the word. It's one of those like word doesn't mean what it used to mean thing. Yeah. Like there was some yeah, dubstep like that the new first, emo. Yeah, well, almost because there was some dubstep that was like like UK garage electronic music that was kind of like ambient and and there was an album by Bur- Burial that was actually pretty cool and really easy listening and then now when you 
now dubstep is apparently like I don't know when that happened, but it, there was a real shift. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man, but this like I'm, I'm not, not going to be listening this. along with this. Yeah. This is I'm all not, you I'm guys. Not happy. Wait, wait. I like it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, all right, well, then let's... Then I'm going to go, wub, 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 wub. <laughs> then I'm going to stop and go, wub, 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 wub. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Did you just drop the beat? I did. Wub, 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 wub. All right. Going solo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Be, I'm not going to start to make albums. It's going to be a new podcast. I really want... Right. Wub, wubcast? Yeah, I just do dubstep. Wubcast. Yeah. Wubcast. <laughs> With, I really want Greg now, Lewub, five now hours with you long. doing that. I want Bobby McFerrin to put out a dubstep <laughs> album. <laughs> I feel like that would yeah. be pretty sweet. Yeah, you can get into it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, let's roll. Okay. Um. This week, uh, pretty easy week for us to pick. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. We always. It's always hard for me to put in an edit for the okay. uh, for the okay. fair. So uh, take it away, horn player. <laughs> Oh, beautiful, beautiful. (laughs) Thank you for coming in live to do that. Uh, We'll (laughs) see you next week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, 5.30. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can be here by 5.45. Yeah. Cool. Um, (laughs) So we're rolling. And uh, as I said, this is it it was a pretty easy. We looked at the IMD coming soon. Yeah. Turns out the new Muppets movie is coming soon. Yeah. We all enjoyed it. I believe the previous Muppet movie. Absolutely. It was a fun time at the flicks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tina Fey's in this new one. Most Wanted looks pretty fun. Yep. Easy. And uh, the loser is something uh, usually that none of us would be interested in seeing. Another doubly this week. Yeah. Yeah. Doubly this week because it's so long. Yeah. Um, Two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. We are going to see the next major player in the uh, youth adaptation uh, series where they just try and replicate the Hunger Games. And yeah. uh, this is divergent. This is 140 minutes. Um, I I actually really like the kid in this, the main kid in this. She was in that Spectacular Now. Uh-huh. Yeah. She's a fantastic actress. Like, yeah. I think she's going to go far, like, because she's very naturalistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think... She's going to be able to save this. Mm-hmm. Wait, Neil Berger. Yeah. Okay. So this is Neil Berger Seriously? directed this. Yeah. He he has seemingly done nothing since The Illusionist that hasn't been a Me Too movie like The Illusionist, Limitless, yeah. uh, The Lucky Ones. It's just it's a string of movies where you're like, this just wants to be something else. Like The yeah. Illusionist was like, oh yeah, we have the other better the magician movie, yeah. movie, The Prestige. Oh, well, we'll make this one. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not looking forward to this. Well, I guess he's the no, guy you I go have to. No interest in this damn movie. Yeah. All right. All right, here we go. Casey's rolling for Divergent versus Muppets. He's rolled a three. <sighs> Man, Gorman, what you got? I'm Gorman. Rolling the dice. That's a five. Ah, oh, fuck. Greg is rolling. I don't feel good. Come on. Greg's rolled five. a five. Woo! <laughs> ah, the streak begins. Uh, yes. <laughs> Awesome. That's Guys, nice. this isn't cool. That's real nice. It's pretty cool. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Think about it. Think about it again. Everything think about it again. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> think about it if you weren't you. Yeah. yeah. It's like a really cool rap rock song starring you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For two and a half hours. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Isn't that nice? All right. Well, oh, man. Um, this brings us uh, nicely into our uh, Stringfellow Hawk's Nest. Yes. Greg, Greg has been watching Airwolf for the better half of this year, I yeah, believe. Yeah, he's quite a lot of Airwolf. All, the entire series. Yeah. And he's been recapping every episode. Yeah. This is the final one. It's over. I'm so happy. Yeah. I'm so, so happy. 
that I don't have to go home and watch any Airwolf. Yeah. Whew. So, 55 episodes of Airwolf, of the original series. I think it was a 55, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it, it ended as unspectacularly as it was for the last two seasons. Did they just, Again, like, not wrap anything up? They did not wrap, like, because they, <laughs> they just got canceled. So, yeah. the final episode is just an episode. Uh, and so, I'll go over a couple of the things that happened leading up to the end, where it was just like, the, here's the main problem with what Airwolf became. Instead of Airwolf being, like, actively going out and doing things, being on missions, they yeah. just accidentally... Stumble upon stumble them upon constantly, constantly through their generally through their movie stunt business, which yeah. is just so stupid and uninteresting and just like it's just so implausible too. And every, and everything ends with a fucking helicopter. Everyone has a helicopter. Like okay, I'll I'll, I'll focus on uh, an episode an episode that's uh, right near the end called um, uh, uh, the girl who fell from the sky. Okay, and oh, you fucked yeah. my attention. Uh, yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, so Stringfellow Hawk is out flying around, and uh, he sees a girl tossed, from the tossed into the lake. Oh, okay. And he goes and rescues her. Throws her into the sky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't belong in this lake. Get up in yeah. the sky. Um, yeah, he's he's fishing, and uh, the, she gets tossed out of a helicopter into the lake. He goes and rescues her and takes her to the hospital. She doesn't have any memory. Is he so- fishing for ladies? <laughs> <laughs> Because he found one. Yeah. Does he reel her in? <laughs> anyway, go on. She's not big enough. I'll throw her back. Um, <laughs> so then he's like, then he's just like in her life and going to help her try and find okay. her memory again. Uh, the only thing that was kind of good about this episode was there were these two hitmen who are, you don't really know why that people are trying to kill her, but the two hitmen, one of them is that guy, uh, William Smith. He has the most average name in the world, but he is the most unaverage man he played the uh police captain in maniac cop his face is made out of like gravel yeah. and he's got a really deep raspy voice mm-hmm. he's just like he he was he's an actor he's a bare knuckle boxer you know i think he like invented fire it's <laughs> uh, crazy. like go read about this guy like if you can't find him based on the name william smith yeah. just go into the cast of uh maniac cop and he's the he's the captain yeah. in there and this guy's like a fucking He's inter- an interesting fellow. So he's there at least, and he's kind of a weird actor. And he's his. It's really bad writing where he's constantly trying to find out if the girl is still alive or like how to find Stringfellow Hawk, and he just has no backup plan. Like he goes into the hospital and he's like, "Yeah, my friend here. Uh, he's uh, he heard his daughter, my or his uh, his niece might have turned up here. Uh, she's she's missing." And the doctor's already suspicious. He's like, um, "Well, could you tell me what her name is?" And he's like. Daughter. Um, why don't you tell me what name she checked in under? It's like that's not a good. No one's no normal yeah. person says that. And then again, oh okay yeah uh, no. oh, sure. Jane Smith. Yeah. <laughs> and then like he's gone. And then he figures out that Stringfellow Hawk might have something to do with it. But he, so he goes to Santini Air and he's like, yeah, I've been interested in hiring your uh, uh, Stringfellow Hawk uh, fella. Do you know where he lives? <laughs> <laughs> This guy's like, good. And uh, and Ernest Borgnine's like, well, you know, he's not here right now, but what kind of stunts were you interested in? And he's like, uh, um... All of them. I, I, <laughs> he just says, like, I don't I don't really know. I just wanted to pick his brain. <laughs> it just, it's all very stumbling. I'm just trying to kill, I mean, pick his brain. Yeah. <laughs> and then it turns out that she, it, they've been drugging her to try and erase her memory. That didn't work, so they tried to throw in her lake to kill her because she's been having an affair with a senator... Uh, and he, she found out about the senator's evil plan to 
to like, throw her from the sky. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's <laughs> going to move her in a lake. He's going to move up the political ladder by doing some shifty stuff. And the main thing, Not the main stuff. thing that he's doing that she found out about is getting a super helicopter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Airwolf, and you clever like, bastard! I was I was kind of into this episode because the actress is actually all right. And it's like, what? And I like that William Smith guy. He's sort of weird. But it was just like, it wasn't about the helicopter. It's Stringfell and Honk, and it's a mystery. And then it's like, the and it's because another super helicopter. It's like, they just have no ideas. They don't know what to do. That's like, we've been, it's like you're in the writer's room and you've written like a plot that could be interesting. Yeah. And then that was enough effort to be like, and uh, what's the end game here? Uh, uh, uh," And they look at a picture of Airwolf. They're (laughs) like, another helicopter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I I don't know everything about politics, but I do know if you want to move it up, you need a helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just don't lose it at a cowboy. uh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't take it to a rodeo. Trust me. I've been there. <laughs> Holy crap. And so, yeah, so I, there's a big helicopter fight, and then she gets her memory back, and hooray. Um, hooray. So and, and so, yeah, so it just, Airwolf just ends, and then three years later or something like that, 1987, they restarted the series. The public was clamoring. Yeah. yeah. Airwolf. Airwolf. Air That's hear, what they said. You'd hear that yeah. anywhere you went. Airwolf. Airwolf. So I remember. What used to be the plot of Airwolf at the beginning was Stringfellow Hawk was keeping Airwolf away from the government because he thought it was dangerous, but he would help them out based on the fact that they had knowledge of where his missing brother, Sinjin, yeah. which is how they pronounce St. John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. St. John is his name. And everyone across the board calls him Sinjin. Well, I everyone. think it was probably because uh, because J. Michael Vincent was super drunk the first time he said it. <laughs> was my brother <laughs> Because my brother. <laughs> and everyone was like, no, St. John. I guess we just say it like that. Saint, now, yeah, well, it'll be yeah, easier to just go right. with it. <laughs> um, Everybody else, act like you're really drunk, so he seems less drunk. Yeah. So there's always the hanging over his head, like, let's find, you know, they're going to help him find his brother, which they just get rid of in two and three. Like, it doesn't really, it comes up, like, in the odd episode, but it's just somebody you pretending to know his brother so they can steal Airwolf. I don't know how everyone knows about Airwolf and why <laughs> that he has it. Anyway. So the new series, <clears throat> this is the final thing I watched. The new series, you, 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 Sinjin is the main guy now, and you meet him. He's in a prison camp. Stringfellow Hawk is in this episode. He's, like, passing the torch, and the years have not been kind <laughs> to <laughs> Jan Michael Vincent in between series. He doesn't look very good. He seems drunker than ever. Mm. Like, it's a really kind of... Yeah. <laughs> some awkward scenes. Yeah. And, and oh, so that's just, a shame. They've cut the budget down. It's all very, like, bluck. And uh, he, uh, it's, it's it kind of p- picks up, like, you know, where he still works with Santini Air, him and Dom. And uh, he's going to uh, go try and he hears something about his brother. And he's curious about it. He gets a tape in the mail. And he's trying to figure out what's going on. And uh, they have they can't they don't bring back Ernest Borgnine. They just dress somebody up like him and only shoot him from behind. Oh, great! And then he gets into a helicopter and it just explodes. Yeah. Oh. So they killed Dom, and I'm like, oh, well, fuck off, man! But yeah. but Stringfellow Hawk gets like don't even suggest that you killed Ernest Borgnine. Seriously, I don't like you know? it. Uh, and and Stringfellow Hawk gets blown away. You know, he's right near the helicopter right when it happens. So then he spends the rest of the episode in a hospital bed, and then you just kind of get like that. 
there's a new guy, the, uh, Archangel, Michael Archangel. Yeah. He was the representative of the thing called The Firm, but now it's called The Company, and it's this different guy because they didn't bring my, Archangel Great. back either. And he rounds up a new team <laughs> to use Airwolf to go rescue Sinjin, which they do. And then, so Sinjin finally comes back. Stringfellow Hawk wakes up in his hospital bed and sees his brother for the first time. And finally, in 55 episodes or whatever of Airwolf, Jan Michael Vincent acts. Oh, oh! I thought you were going to say calls him Saint John. No, yeah. <laughs> Saint John. Goes, sorry, sorry, sorry. Saint John. <laughs> sorry, yes. and I've been it's actually that, right? pretty good. I was like, you know what? I'm I'm happy to go out on this note yeah. with this show where he he's so happy to see his brother. He just starts weeping in this hospital bed. But here's where then it gets weird. So they're hugging and stuff like that, and he's like, I'm gonna Dom's dead. I'm gonna die. I'm dying. And Saint Sinjin's like, No, you're not gonna die. And he's like, I don't want to die here. And he's like, I'll take care of you. And then the, uh, the company man comes back into the room. Like, it show, shows him in a hallway, and he walks into the room and opens Stringfellow Hawk's hospital bed door, and he's gone. Yeah. So his brother's taking him away. Oh. And then the, then the last shot is Airwolf landing in its little cave thing, and that guy, the company man, and the two new people, new lady, new, like, Dominic, basically, yeah. are there. And just St. John, sorry, St. John, gets out of, the, out of Airwolf and just like, sorry, I had to do something. And they're like, cool, whatever. And then they're like, we're the new Airwolf team. And I'm like, so what happened? What do you mean you had to do? Is he dead? Did yeah, you did he mercy kill, kill your brother? <laughs> did, you, did you leave him out by the – just take him to his cottage or something like they that? They were like, just like flying over an ocean and he was just like dropped out of yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> I regret nothing. Save it to it just left them at a rodeo. Yeah, <laughs> go play with the cowboys and the like, lasers. Just, there's just no like, I, there's no reference to it whatsoever. And then I went, I watched a little little bits of like the beginnings of the next couple of episodes just to see if there's any reference to where like, does he yeah. care about what happened to his brother? Does his brother? And no mention of Stringfellow Hawk ever again, as far as I can tell. And this show didn't make it past one season with yeah. a new team with a cut budget and nobody gives a shit. And all the yeah. shots of old Airwolf just like yeah, reused. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and like they had no Airwolf action until the end. Yeah. But what they do instead, because everyone's just like, we want the helicopter. So every going to commercial and coming back from commercial is a shot of Airwolf just like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's like it looks like this. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a Here's the thing car. we don't want to show you yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, there's a helicopter, we assure you. Yeah. <laughs> this show is... Is about a helicopter. Yeah, but I don't know. So, <laughs> this show happens near a helicopter. Yeah, yeah. So That's all you need to they know. They blew up Dominic. I don't know what happened to Stringfellow Hawk. And then they've got just some, you know, Canadian TV actors, yeah. basically. Gross. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, that's all over. That's it. What it. I don't know what I learned. Anything, but yeah. you need a helicopter to literally do Everything. anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want to go to a, a country western show and fight UFOs, you need a helicopter. If you want to be a rodeo star, you need a helicopter. Apparently, the only you thing you helicopter. don't need a helicopter for is to make a show about yeah. a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I forgot to buy milk and eggs. Get the helicopter! <laughs> Get the helicopter, we're going to Freshco! Holy crap. Oh <sighs> uh, Well, that wraps up a fucking epic uh, tale yeah. of air- Airwolf uh, yeah. watching yeah. And, and, and brings us to what I'm so excited yeah. about. This I am is... uh, cautiously optimistic about it myself. <laughs> I think we've, I think this is, I think logistically this is a great idea. We're going to try something out. This yeah. is a new, we're, we're going to keep the TV corner yeah. at the end of every episode with yeah. the with the TV uh, sitcom dad cage <laughs> match. Yeah. And, and instead of having Greg, you know, take the brunt 
of yeah. of all of this garbage TV watching. Yeah. Um, we're gonna do a little bit of cycling. Yeah, a little if you TV will. relay. Yeah. TV relay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where we wa- uh, we will watch wa- one of us will watch an episode, then the next week another guy will watch an episode. Yeah. And so you you'll all, we will only see. Every third episode, yeah, but yeah, be able to catch up on what's happening by having it described in detail from whoever had to watch it. Yeah. Now, what show are we going to watch? I guess is the real Casey. Question. Well, the show we're going to watch uh, is well, we we had a couple that we were throwing around for yeah. ideas. Yeah. Um, and we may still use them in the in yeah, the for sure future. This one's going to take us a while, I yeah, think. Yeah. We decided on uh, the first season of Nine Hundred Two One Zero, the original, the original. Because I've, I don't know, I've never actually seen an episode. I have uh, definitely in in my younger. I don't remember. I didn't watch it like because I wanted to. It was just uh, something that was on sometimes. I for some reason I, I remember a lot of Nine Hundred Two One Zero and Melrose Place being on in my household. Yeah, like like on like the weeknights or whatever time, whenever it aired. So uh, yeah, I'm familiar with these kinds yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. But seen, very young I've at the seen time. Some stuff here and there. Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah. It's uh, bad, but it's uh, it's from a di- whole different time period. It's like it was the other side of the nineties. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was the nineties. <laughs> totally. It was like that kind of like um, socially conscious yet totally ignorant uh, (laughs) beginning of the 90s. Um, So what we're going to do then now is uh, just roll the dice to see which one who's of us starts? Watch, who, yeah, who's going to we'll start? Who goes second? There. Who goes third? So the lowest roll will go first, and okay, and moving upwards. Yeah. So let's see what I got here. I've got a one. one. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> let's start this thing off <laughs> right. Looks like I'll be watching the first episode. Oh, I got a one. You got a one too, Casey. Uh, right. Casey rolls higher than a one. I got a two. two. All right. So, so we re-roll. Yeah, I guess so. This isn't like we're all gonna have to four. <laughs> It's either no, it's or, completely yeah, on its side. Yeah, roll it on the carpet. Oh, uh, no, I want it. I need it. This isn't a comp. We're all watching it, so. That's a three. three. That's a three. <laughs> and what do we got here? I got a six. Six. So, Gorman, uh, Casey. Right? All right. If you were out of it, it was between yes. us. Yeah. So, you'll watch episode one, one. Episode one. I'll watch ep- And then a week later, I'll watch two. And then a week yeah. later. Okay, so All right, three. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the third episode like eight times. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have this thing down. Um, so follow along. It's on Netflix. Uh, as listeners, mm-hmm. um, please check check out. You only have to watch one a week. Yeah, one a week. Yeah. So follow along. It'll be fun. I'm gonna off. remember to do that. I hope. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> set a little reminder. Good times. Yeah. All well, right. now season one of nine hundred two one zero. Let's see what happens. Yeah. So let's get into our uh, TV sitcom dad cage match. Yeah, let's get into uh, it. If you're a longtime listener, you'll remember we've been doing these fights at the end of every episode for the better part of maybe two years almost, mm-hmm. and uh, it's always been something different. Right now, we're doing sitcom dads from the '80s, mm-hmm. putting them in Thunderdome. One, uh, two men enter. One men, one man leaves. Two, two man, man enters. Two man enter. One, one men leave. Men leave. <laughs> it's a crazy Thunderdome. <laughs> Dan's Gorman's. <laughs> There is a matter transporter in there. Uh, yeah. Um, um, we got a theme song, right? Yeah. Hit it. <laughs> Kick it! Great stuff. Oh, yeah. Nice. 
Nice. Uh, thanks for the band for coming in and doing that live uh, again every week. Thank we you. We should really record these things, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be much easier. Nah, they like mm-hmm. it. They like the exposure. Yeah, um, I suppose. We don't ever say who they are. No. no. All right. So, so who, who's fighting this week? This this week we've got uh, Howard Cunningham, yeah, uh, the the father on uh, Happy Days. Uh, father of uh, Richie Cunningham and his uh, brother mm, Chuck or something. <laughs> yeah, some <laughs> okay, stupid name. Sure. <laughs> and uh, and so she got three kids. Is uh, Marion, I believe, is the name of his wife. Um, and he is going up and he's played by the wonderful and uh, the late great uh, Ted Bosley. Um, Tom Bosley. Sorry, Tom Bosley. Tom Bosley. Sorry, um, Bosley. Anyway, uh, and he will be going up against. Uh, <laughs> um, TV's Patrick Duffy, <laughs> Frank Lambert, Lambert from Step by Step. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. So let's see. Let's see what weapons they have, and then we'll get into who these guys are. Who's got that? Who team? these guys really All are. All right. So Howard Cunningham, I'll start with him. He has three. Oh, where's my list of things here? Hold on. I don't know what three means. <laughs> well, Somewhere I have a list of weapons and uh, three... At least it's a, a defined weapon. We don't have to get too uh, existential with uh, with him this time. Okay, Howard Cunningham, you have a spear with a blade on the end of it. Okay. Uh, Frank. <laughs> this, this is upsetting already. <laughs> I don't want to see Tom Bosley kill anybody with a spear. Yeah, okay. Well, Frank, unless it's Patrick Duffy, Frank I guess. Frank Lambert has... Also, a spear with a blade on the oh, end. Oh, man. Is this the first time we've gone weapon to weapon on this thing? Uh, yeah. Well, actually, last week also uh, it was... The- oh, they both had their imaginations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. So, Howard Cunningham, older than uh, yeah. Frank Labyrinth. Howard Cunningham, is a, he owns a hardware store. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that may come in handy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and he's uh, he's you know your standard middle class fifties dad. Yeah, he's a little, he's cool though. He's conservative but cool. He yeah. wins the respect of the Fonz, who ends up living with them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he wins together, the respect of some dirtbag who lives <laughs> over his garage. <laughs> don't they like go into business together eventually too? I think so. I think he uh, works for uh, Mr. Cunningham. Yeah, some sort of shark yeah. jumping business or yeah. something. I don't know. <laughs> No, that's a business. Uh, fr- now, I didn't watch Step by Step because I thought it was terrible. Uh-huh. Hey, it, for those, and I feel <laughs> like it's it's lesser known than Happy Days. So Step by Step was kind of like a Brady Bunch thing, where where yeah, they they both had their kids. They both have three kids. Yeah. They're both divorced, and he Suzanne Summers and uh, Patrick Duffy meet on a vacation and kind of like spur of the moment get married. And they do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm making the, the finger in the... Yeah. They, they <laughs> doink each other. Yeah. And then, so it's like, oh my God, look at all these people living together. Yeah. And I guess the cast was so unlikable that they had to bring in that Cody fella yeah. as the nephew or something to live in the garage. Yeah. Because he was slightly less unlikable? Yeah, Is that know. why? He became kind of the feature. Yeah, yeah, he funny. definitely was. Yeah. Because he um, was like, because at, at this time, he was sort of like Bill and Ted's-esque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, he was like, total surf producer who lived in a van or whatever. What? Did you go, Is that your noise for yeah, guys like that? live in a van. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Frank Lambert, yeah, he's a, uh, he's a contractor, owns his own company. He's seen as a laid-back uh, dad and an avid sports fan 
He's a big fan of the Green Bay Packers. That's what I learned online today. Like, like literally, those are his personality traits. Like, yeah. like the this show was one of the like it was like the TGIF kind of the ABC yeah. Friday night thing. So or TGIF I, is that what it was called? TGIF. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And I, I definitely was a part of that generation of that of that um, era of TGIF. Like mm-hmm. the fucking. I remember being super excited to like get home on friday and watch tjf shows like step by step and, yeah and, yeah and like full house was yeah. another one of those and like uh urkel and mm-hmm. stuff is it? family yeah. matters and yeah, all yeah. those kinds of shows yeah. right yeah <clears throat> uh so. but but like the, the, there was really no discernible character i mean like there was like stacy keenan was the smart book smart kind of nerdy girl and then there was like a slutty one i think and then there was like a fat I one i don't know like i don't remember <laughs> Okay, uh. <laughs> but let, let's. Uh, okay, um, where were we? Where are we? We're in Thunderdome. <laughs> These we're in men Thunderdome. Have spears with blades. They have spears yeah. with blades. Yeah. What's going to happen? What is going to happen? So there is a there is a definite physique. Yes. And age difference between these two. Yes. Yeah. Howard. Is there an attitude difference in the sense of of who may strike first? Well, I think they're both self made men. Yeah. Like hardworking. Uh, Howard Cunningham worked at the. A uh, hardware store when he was a teenager, and then like by his mid twenties owned the place. Yeah, uh, and then uh, Patrick or uh, Frank Labert is a contractor, owns his own business. You know, built it help himself. Mm-hmm. So they're both hardworking fellas. Yeah, you know they have ambition and f- uh, yeah resolve. I Although guess. one has the uh, vigor of youth here. This is true. And the, yeah, other, one feel is- the like- other one is like a fat old guy. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like the youth strikes first. Because I feel like there's an even if it's not even if it's like not super palpable, I feel like there's an air of like fuck you, old man. I'm gonna like. I feel like in temperament though, Patrick Duffy or Frank Lambert is the nicer guy, whereas that's true. like like uh, Tom Bosley is like he's kind of good-hearted but a yeah. little cranky, yeah. A little bit. So I feel like he could go a little Grand Torino and just be like just fuck you, old fucking yeah. Get off my lawn, yeah. <laughs> There could what be a do we bit think, of that. Greg? Yeah. You, you got to yeah, you, you fix you the deciding here. vote. Here. I got to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Who do you think is going to strike first, and why? Well, let's see. You know, you got to think about what era they come from, too. Howard Cunningham. He's from the fifties. Yeah. Yeah. He don't. He don't take shit from. He that doesn't. One. I think that's like kind of like uh, somebody's on your lawn fucking with your shit. Yeah. You know, you got to get in there and uh, and teach him who's state boss. your claim. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, step by step is nineties, which is a very you know, we're we're really getting into the politically correct era. Yeah, like passive nice guys kind of thing. But yeah, he's a yeah. contractor too. He's, yeah, yeah. He's not like a slouch or something. But he's a nineties yeah. counter. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So like he's like let's talk I'm about gonna this. go with eras though and say Howard Cunningham's gonna be like Yeah he's just gonna take a run at it. Yeah, and that's the noise he's gonna Frank, make. Yeah. Well, Frank Lambert's <laughs> like, Hey, hey, old man, yeah. easy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so I what think happens? first attempt is gonna come from uh do you think he hits him? Do you think he's got a spike, man? Do you think he impales him? What's going to happen? Yeah, he's he's got to do it now. Athletic fellow. No, okay. like he's so got, he's got to use like in, like all of his energy is got to be on his first. Uh, so instead of maybe like trying to stab him because he's an older man and and he just kind of does it without really thinking, maybe he kind of goes for the like he lifts up the spike the the stick over his head and runs at him, kind of like smacks him in the head. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. I kind of like that. That I seems like so. an old school old man kind yeah, of thing like, to so do. Yeah, so I'm going to bash this. I'm going to like kind of hit this guy over the head and hopefully knock some sense in him kind of thing. Yeah, because I think he, it, he would find it weird and crude to, to, to just run stab somebody through. right yeah, straight yeah. off the bat. Yeah, I think he goes smashing with it. Yeah, because I think funny. maybe in his mind it's kind of, yeah, like I'm going to knock some sense in this guy. I don't want to kill him yet, but yeah. like I'm just going to give him a whack and I'm hopefully gonna, he I'm going to give him senses. what for. Yeah, what for. He gives him what for. Um, so then what happens? Uh, we got the Duff. Uh, what's he going to do? Yeah, TV's Patrick Duffy. TV's I think Patrick he's, uh, he's going <laughs> to... He's fit, right? Like, I mean... Yeah. He, like he's... I mean, he can shake off this this hit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's going to retaliate. Uh, at this point, he realizes this is real. I've been attacked. Yeah. Yeah. He is a 90s uh, politically correct guy, but I mean, if you hit the Duff, the Duff hits back. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all heard that saying. Uh, it's how the saying goes. I live my life by that I saying. I have a t-shirt that says that. Yeah. <laughs> I meditate um, to say that. I say that when I meditate. When you hit the duff, the duff hits back. back. Yeah. Yeah. We we've all heard it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, yeah, he's a contractor. He, he, he's a b- b- boss of many people. He yeah. has to, you know, be on top of his job. He's so. also, you guys, let's not forget, he's got Suzanne Somers at home. Yeah, it's true. Like, he has got incentive Some to get home. Flannel. Yeah, yeah. And I, I believe their relationship was just fraught with kind of like half-assed sexual innuendo. Like I yeah. feel like they were always yeah. like hinting at how much they bone. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what their whole thing is like built around is that yeah. they, they banged and then they're like, we better. And get then married. they took the stairs step by step up to the bone zone. Up to the bone <laughs> zone. They, <laughs> quickly. And now the name just, of the show. Now yeah. that's oh yeah, <laughs> step by step to the to bone, the bone zone. zone. Was the, but then the TGIF people they were like, "This is too easy." Yeah, <laughs> let's just call it step by step. Yeah, or bone zone. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> you have to pick. You have to pick. Let's pick one. Yeah. yeah. Also, the uh, the intro can be you guys on a roller coaster or you hardcore fucking pick one. <laughs> yeah. You uh, enjoying yourselves yeah. on a roller coaster or, or fucking, fucking on a roller coaster? We're not. <laughs> We're not Mark Wahlberging in fear. <laughs> no. we're, not, we're, not, we're not mixing the two together. It's one or the other, people. Oh, man. <laughs> Mark Wahlberging. That's a new verb. Uh, oh, dude, I Wahlberged this girl on a roller coaster. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> you went to Canada's Wonderland without me? <laughs> Um, so, I, so I don't, I feel like the retaliation is going to be pretty. I don't know. I, I I see in my mind. I see youth taking this thing. Oh yeah, like I don't think it's going to take that much because like he's he's a cranky old man, yeah. uh, Howard Cunningham, and he's but he's just used up all of his energy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, totally. He's Marion, a, this he's guy's a, wailing <laughs> on my face. <laughs> She's just outside going, kill, kill, kill. <laughs> like, kill. I want to really pull for Mr. Cunningham here just because I so like Happy I. Days and I don't like Step by Step. Yeah. But. And I love Tom Bosley and yeah. I don't give a fuck about Patrick Duffy. Yeah. But Patrick TV's Duffy Patrick is just Duffy. like, this old man just tried to bash me about yeah, in the yeah. face with a fucking thing. Now I'm going okay. to murder him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that, uh, yeah. you know, the other thing that was going on in the 90s was all the, like, hyper-violent movies, yeah. all the Tarantino and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So I think, you know, Patrick Duffy's got that dark side in him. Oh, it's, yeah. you think he's going to tie him up and rape him up the butt? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> all right. And that's called Patrick Duffying someone. <laughs> <laughs> he totally Duffied him up the butt. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Um, yeah. I see uh, this getting aggressive and fast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what's he do? Is he stab him in the in the big gut and then lift him up and let it fall him fall oh, through oh, the thing? Oh, yeah, I yeah. like that. And as he slides down the pole, he just kisses him goodnight. 
Hello. That's <laughs> called being Patrick Duffy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, when somebody runs you through with a spear, you slide down and Guys, kisses you gently in the cheek. I had a now. rough uh, St. Patrick's Day. I got Patrick Duffy. <laughs> I, got, I got fucking Duffy. Thankfully, I was trying to Wahlberg this girl, and then this <laughs> dude Patrick came Duffy. up and Duffied me. <laughs> Luckily, it didn't hit any of my major organs. <laughs> so, and, uh, like, I'm all right. Now. I'm okay. I got a little Band-Aid on my chest. <laughs> oh. All right. Okay. Great. Duffy's moving on. Hopefully to Duffy some more of these uh, oh, yeah. contenders. Too. Okay. So, what do we got coming up for next week? What do we got here? Uh, next week is... I think next week's going to be fun. Uh, this week was good. <laughs> yeah. Next week is Jim Arenthal. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's according to Jim. Oh, yeah. Okay. There we go. Yeah, and he's going up against Tim Taylor. Oh, oh boy, I like this the tool because man. They're, they're, they're both kind of like banal. He's not a dog, Greg. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> the tool man, Taylor has a dog. Yeah. Um, they're, they're both sort of like innocuous uh, TV dads. Yeah. Like they're also, we don't know what's going on, and yeah. our wives are smarter than us. Uh-huh. <laughs> but they're kind of they're they're also kind of like the everyman, like yeah. flannel wearing tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Like Middle yeah. America, kind of yeah. like yeah, inoffensive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know who I want to see die. Yes. Very <laughs> <laughs> well. I think uh, and, uh, Tim Taylor, I think, has some aggression in him. I think so. I think he's and, got yeah, some... and he has been known to be uh, coke-fueled. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, there you go. Well, I mean, Tim Allen, anyway. It's so. true. It's true. Yeah. Oh, we'll see goodness. if that comes into play. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Well, there you go. Next week, um, awesome. Yeah, so if you want more of this, please go to modernsuperior.com. There's lots of textual stuff up there. I just put up a new uh, article about some albums uh, that I uh, was talking about. And there is a lot of podcasts up there, lots of new stuff that you can go listen to. There's a new mm-hmm. Two Turntables and a Bottle of Wine about songs from The Simpsons Volume 2, yeah. uh, which is awesome. And uh, there's a new Faculty of Horror coming out very soon in the next day or two, uh, possibly up by the time this goes. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but Who yeah, knows? a new uh, Lonely Nights with Bruce Douglas where he encounters an asshole alien. Uh, and then we got, uh, <laughs> there'll be some more drink along coming up. We got Time Bandits coming up. Lots mm-hmm. and lots on And do on there. not forget to come out on the 27th to the Gladstone Hotel. Yep, March 27th. Uh, for uh, the very first Simply the Best podcast. It's our live variety show yeah. hosted by Rhiannon Archer. It's going to be sick, it's gonna be great. What? Yeah. It's going to be <laughs> Simply the Best. Yes, it's it gonna is. It's going to be better than all the rest, it's I gonna think. It's going to be better than all the rest. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. So hit up those websites. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash S-Y-N-W-P-C. Please keep leaving us messages on there. Yes. It's, we've had some great discussions. Keep, join in, and you can find us on Twitter at S-Y-N-W-P-C as well. Lots of good stuff. Lots. Yeah. All so right. you know what? See you next Wednesday. Goodbye, Internet. I'm Peanut. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Peanut. <laughs> Will Smith the devil. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.